Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Cindy Chavez here. Today is Wednesday, August the 8th, 2018, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, your first daily dose of happy for the day. August 8th, that's 8-8. We got a double eight going on today for people yeah, who like... Yeah, for people who like, uh, you know, repetitive numbers and so forth, that's a good one, I would say, you know. Yes, it's the, it's Mercury's day and Mercury's number is eight. Is it really? I that, yeah, I thought that was <laughs> I interesting. It's eight, eight, eighteen. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, very nice. So very eight, nice. eights are wild. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you doing since yesterday? I mean, uh, we, we've had all 24 hours since we last talked, but... Uh, I hope things have been going right? well. Uh, yeah, things are going really well. I had a good day yesterday. I saw the most amazing sunset last night. Mm. We were downtown, took a walk in front of the Capitol, and the, the sky just in every direction was just on fire, beautiful pink Ooh. and orange, and there was a rainbow in the middle of it. Oh, nice. <laughs> And so, of course, I took I took some pictures, but and my pictures are are good, but you just can't ever capture the majesty of what you're seeing, True. you know, yeah. in the moment. But uh, or at least I couldn't last night. Um, but <laughs> but wow, amazing, amazing. So that was that was fun. I woke up thinking about it. It's like wow, not just a beautiful sunset, but a rainbow in the sunset. I don't yeah. think I've ever seen that before. Yeah, that's pretty unusual. I, I can't remember ever seeing that. That probably you, did at some point, but it's not well, coming to mind. What was funny was when we were like maybe an hour and a half earlier, we were at dinner and, you know, it was not the sun was not setting yet. And we saw the rainbow and I took a picture of it. So it's just a rainbow against a blue sky, which mm -hmm. is, you know, normally kind of what I recall seeing when I see a rainbow. And it was then the rainbow was there two hours later when we were walking and the sky had changed so much. And it was like really, really neat because I've never seen that. So, yeah, yeah it's a good day. I'm looking forward to today. I've got some nice things on my calendar and and it's and it's hump day. It's hump day. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we so, also have um, things moving and shaking here at LOA today because David Bartke, who does the Sunday evening podcast with me let me know that he has decided he wants to step back so starting a week from sunday we're going to be working i'm going to be working with a new co-host and it's going to be somebody we know one of the authors of our book that came out in may um Anne marie who's uh, uh she and mike are friends of ours in middletown connecticut is going to join me on a regular basis and become the the latest and greatest co-host for loa today so i'm getting Yay. pretty excited about that Yay, that is exciting. That is very exciting. I'm excited about it. Anne Marie's story in the book was one of my favorites. <laughs> oh yeah. Getting the piano, that was great. I love that one too. Yeah. Yeah. I just that's one of those stories that I and this is what I think is so great about the book, is that when we need some encouragement or we need to remember some, you know, some story that will help us when we're maybe in a place of doubt or need a vibe lifter, we need a reminder that anything is possible. Um, it doesn't always have to be our own memory or our own story. That's true. Yeah, It can be someone else's. And that's the power of storytelling. And so I think about that story a lot, because I think there's some really great takeaways from actually from how Anne-Marie deliberately used 
the law of attraction to attract that piano. It's fantastic. Right. And attracting a Steinway piano. I mean, that that's not your typical <laughs> thing to try to attract. That's pretty unusual, I'd have to say. No, no. As far <laughs> as pianos go, that's like a Ferrari. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> and it's beautiful. I mean, uh when when I was there to do the uh, the book signing in June, I got to see the the piano up close, and it's a it's a beautiful baby grand. It's in, it's in great shape. I mean, I didn't I didn't hear it play, but if it's a Steinway, I'm sure it plays really nicely. But really pretty. Yeah, so that's yeah. exciting. It that's is very exciting. It is welcome, welcome to Anne Marie. I, I won't be at all surprised if Mike calls in a lot, <laughs> which is good because we want to stimulate people calling into the show anyway. But uh, Mike will yes, probably call we in. Do. And yes, and Louise will probably call in too because you know the four of us are all friends, so that gives her a reason to to call into the podcast. Not like she really needs one, but no, that's a good one. It's good to have extra incentive like that, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, or, I would love it for to have more people call in. That's true. You know, actually, we made a commitment, didn't we? We said we were going we to start letting people know how to call in, and I, I actually did make a note. So that I didn't have to look at the homepage while we're doing the podcast, which doesn't work too well because if I do that, there's a big echo that goes on. But I, I made a note, excuse me, of what the uh, uh, the phone number is. So if people want to call in, if you're calling from the United States, the phone number to call is area code 646-876-9923. And then you have to enter an access code. This is all on the homepage of the website if you want to uh, have something to refer to. But um, if you're just making a note on you know a paper or something as you're as you're listening here, the, the access code is also kind of like a phone number. It's eight six zero two six four five four three two, and then you hit the pound sign at the end of it. So it's kind of a lot, a lot of digits to enter. Um, that's why I like using the Zoom platform. But uh, certainly, we'd love to to have you call in and talk to us. And that's the phone number to call: six four six eight seven six nine nine two three. Access code 860-264-5432-POUND. So. And if you go to LOAToday.net, that number's on the page. It's all right so. there, yeah. So you don't have to remember it. Don't try to remember it. Well, if, if you really <laughs> want to try to remember it, go ahead. Maybe you're trying to practice you know, your, your ability to remember things. But other than that, don't try to remember it. That <laughs> <laughs> reminded me of, don't think of a pink elephant. Yes, uh, right. <laughs> if only that worked and everyone listening now suddenly just knew the phone number by heart, right? <laughs> <laughs> it works with a pink elephant. Probably doesn't work with a like eighteen digit number. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, we would definitely enjoy hearing from people and having you call us. All right. So I'm not hearing Walt. Oh, I'm sorry. I just unmuted myself. I'm thinking, I hear I'm talking to you. I'm thinking you're hearing me. And it's like, wait a minute. She's not responding to me. What's going on? I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I don't want to just start talking because maybe Walt's actually there. But <laughs> Well, I was, I was here in spirit, if not in microphones. So. <laughs> but uh, Very good. what I was trying to say when the microphone was actually turned off was in addition to people calling him, I also wanted to try a little bit of an experiment for the next week or so. I want to ask all of our current subscribers, the people who listen regularly, each time that you're listening to a, to one of our shows, do us a favor. Just go on to whatever you use. I don't know what your social media platform is, but if it's like Facebook or Twitter or whatever, just post a quick thing about how you're listening to LOAToday.net uh, and say whatever you want to say about it, but just something to that effect. And, and what I want you to include is LOAToday.net in the post. 
I mean, if you want to use hashtags too, that's great. But that's the one thing I want to use. And the reason I want to do that is I want to do a little test to see with the current audience we have, what kind of impact that does that have in getting more people to listen to the program? So I'm, I'm going to, for the next week or so, I'm just going to say every podcast, you know, just take a moment if you're one of our regular listeners and send out a tweet or, or post on Facebook or whatever social media you use. Just put something out there about L, about LOAToday.net. You don't even have to say, you know, please watch or anything like that. Just say I'm, I'm watching or I'm listening rather right now. That's all, that's all I'm really looking for. And I, I'm going to track to see, you know, does this increase our listenership? Does it have any impact? Because that's the, the, the catchword today, right? I mean, social media. Everybody says, well, social media is where it's at. Let's find out. Let's see how, how much of an impact it is. I, I, I'm going to be curious to find out. So. so alignment first is the first thing that I thought of. That's the thing that's going to make a difference with whether or not that action has an impact, right? Well, that's so, true. Yeah, no matter what yeah. action. Yeah, any action at all needs to start with alignment. That is true. Yeah. So I'm thinking um, I'm thinking about what it would feel like to notice that activity going on and, <laughs> and how uh, exciting it will be when we see that kind of snowball into more listeners. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, because yeah. I don't really know what to expect, but you're right. It, it's it's good to anticipate in that way and to, to try to imagine what it would feel like because that's obviously how you get the law of attraction going. You're right. I, yeah, I, hadn't, so I hadn't even thought of it in those terms. I was just thinking about it. This is just a pure interesting experiment <laughs> to do. And you're, you're saying, well, wait a minute, Walt. Do the, the law of attraction part, too. It's like, oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that sometimes we do just we, – we are, we are curious – and that's that's often a sign of great alignment. So just that curiosity of, oh, I wonder what will happen if we do this. There's mm -hmm. not a real attachment to the outcome. Oh no, um, not at all. Yeah, and so I think that's I think that's aligned. And I was just like, hmm, how can we get even more aligned? How can we think what would we want to see happen? Because you know, we go back to that pivot of, okay, well. We're unsure. We're curious. We don't really have any big expectations other than just let's see what happens. But what if we answer the question, well, but what do we want to happen? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, because the better it gets, the better it gets. So what do we want to see happen? Well, it'd be great. Wouldn't it be nice to suddenly have those tweets and, you know, messages that go out with LOAToday.net mentioned if we actually saw an increase. It would be. In listeners. And, and new and, listeners. And, and subscribers. So, yeah. as, you're, as you're saying that, too, I'm remembering it was around this time last year that last year's big ramp up started. Oh, so, wow. So around this time last year, we were probably averaging, oh, I don't know, something like 50, 30 to 50 listeners per podcast, something like that. And by the end of November, it was up to around 100. Now we're up around 150. So there's a big swoop that happened from that point on. Well, wouldn't it be great if that swoop got even more accelerated, so to speak? Maybe it turned into like, okay, jumping from our current 150 to maybe 500 or something like that. That would be really cool. Yeah. It's momentum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yes. So I can imagine that one. That would be fun to have, to have that big jump. In, and especially... I, it isn't just listeners. I like the fact that we have subscribers. 
people who regularly listen, who listen to almost every episode we put out, and, and we see that. We know it's happening, which is great. And we get the, the direct feedback sometimes from people, too. But I'd love to see that part increase because when that part increases, then I feel like, oh, wow, we're really, really catching on. That That's yeah. an exciting component. Well, you know, most everyone that I know that practices law of attraction deliberately, because everyone, everyone uh, practices law of attraction, right? But well, one way or another, yeah. Conscious, consciously, deliberately, um, are people that want to feel better and that want to see the world be a better place. Right. And so that's all we're doing. We're just building that momentum uh, of people that want to see the world be a better place and that want to feel better themselves and want to experience joy more often. Certainly, it's a big need. I mean, there, you, you're, you're noticing it in a lot of different areas of life today, a lot of dissension, a lot of chaos, a lot of angst, a lot of frustration, a lot of fear. Boy, to have an outlet that is full of hope and joy and excitement and, oh, wow, I can hardly wait. That's a nice alternative to have. Yeah. And that's the whole, you know, it's really, it's always boiled down to some really simple ideas. And the idea is that what we focus on expands. And so we want to make sure that we're like, Walt always introduces the show with, you know, daily dose of happy. And we want to make sure we're focusing on that at least most of the time. I mean, I do understand that our, our focus can get pulled away and that I personally don't believe in the um, in the method of just turning away and not paying attention to things that are happening. I think it's important to notice what's happening, to pay attention to what's happening, and then to recognize what the solution is when we see problems. But that part of that solution is pointing the focus at things that feel better. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Right. So it's important and having all of you listening is important because your vibration will be changed. And as you move into the world and talk to people and connect with others, your vibration affects their vibration. It's true. Energy entrains to itself. It does. And so so we're all in this together. (laughs) (laughs) We are in this together. That's an interesting way to look at it. I think you're right, though. And I also think I, I'm, I'm looking at my screen right now, looking at uh, the part of the book we're in, and I'm saying to myself, oh, my God, and once again, the topic that comes up is directly tied into what we're just talking about right now. <laughs> I haven't even looked yet. I, I, I was still back on the page we ended with yesterday, enjoying the Welcome to Planet Earth. Welcome to Planet Earth, which was a great, uh, uh, a great subtopic name for sure. But the, no, the next subtopic is most important is feeling good. <laughs> and here we are talking about how important it is to feel it. good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is the most important thing. It so, is, yeah. <laughs> but, and before we dive in, we'll just mention one more time that Something that makes us feel really good or brings us to that place where we have a big smile on our face is when we see our new listeners subscribe. So, Oh, yes. We visit- haven't done that yet, have we? We, we yeah, should, yeah. We got to tell people who are not subscribed. <laughs> yeah. You, um, well, you, you haven't heard enough of this particular episode yet maybe to say, well, geez, do I really like this? Because all they're doing is talking about promos. But <laughs> normally we don't do that. Normally we're, t- we're talking about stuff related to law of attraction and we're having a great time doing it. And that's why... 
personally, I think we have the best podcast in the planet about the law of attraction. Um, and our subscribers seem to agree because not only do they subscribe, they listen to all the episodes and we're doing 45 episodes a month. So we're doing something right. Well, we encourage you to become one of those subscribers for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's going to do you a world of good to have a positive stream of information coming into your, your mind every day. That's a nice, easy way to get into that good feeling place. And also it helps us because it builds up the number of subscribers we have. So it's kind of a win-win situation, but it's really easy. Um, the instructions, as Cindy was saying, for all of these things, both for calling in and for subscribing, they're all found on the homepage of the website at loatoday.net. Um, it takes about a minute. It's really, really simple to do. Even if you don't, if you're one of the, uh, the the more modern generation that really doesn't spend a lot of time with web browsers, if you're on an iPhone, you can just find us in the App Store, or um, I'm sorry, in the iTunes Store, and in uh, Android phones, you can find us in the Play Store. So just do a search on LOA today. But any of those ways, just make sure you subscribe because when you do, all of our episodes come right to your phone as they get uh, published, and you have a constant. A refreshed experience of, of different shows coming to you every single day, every single week. So please become a subscriber and then share the fact that you subscribe. Yes. And thank you. And thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> so most important is feeling good. Yes. We have been traveling through the New York times bestseller money and the law of attraction, learning to attract wealth, health, and happiness. We're on a segment that's talking about career which is a, a big one, a big issue. And sometimes it can be a big um, source of non-happiness for, mm -hmm. <laughs> for people. Uh, so Abraham has been talking about most important is feeling good. Abraham well, continues. They also um, kind of, um, they, they, they expanded the definition of career because they said oh, that, yes. that your career is to do things that feel good. Your career isn't just some job that you do for money. Your career is what your life experience is all about. Your life experience is to come here and just enjoy life, which makes a great career, I think. Right. And that, that was actually what we talked about yesterday that was the real takeaway was that, wait a minute, your, your job here is to feel good. And that is should be our dominant intent. So we continue with Abraham saying often there are things in your work environment that are not conducive to feeling good. And often you believe that your only chance of ever really feeling good is to get away from those negative influences. But the idea of quitting and leaving does not feel good either because that could cause a lapse in your income when things are already financially tight. So you continue on unhappy and feeling trapped and then this part's in italics if you could stand back a little bit and see your career not as work that you're doing in exchange for money but as the expenditure of your life experience in return for your joyful experience then you would realize that many of the thoughts you think and the words you speak are not in alignment with that quest for joy if you will say nothing is more important than that I feel good, you will find yourself guiding yourself to different thoughts, words, and behaviors. The simple exercise of deliberately looking for positive aspects of your current work and the people who work there with you will give you an immediate feeling of relief. And that relief will indicate a shift in your vibration, which means your point of attraction has shifted. 
Once that occurs, the law of attraction will cause you to rendezvous with different people and will even cause you to have different experiences with the same people. It's a sort of creating from the inside out rather than the outside in action version that never works. From your simple but powerful premise of deciding that you want to feel good, things will begin to improve in dramatic ways. And as you're reading that, I was remembering something that has occurred to me in the past. It hadn't occurred to me in a while, but it really came through to me just now in a big way. And that is, I don't know of any other source of information or of inspiration or of entertainment or anything else. I don't know of anything else I've ever heard of in my life from some teacher telling me that my life's purpose was to enjoy life. I, I can't remember anybody else ever saying that. Abraham's the first one who ever said that to me that I know of. Wouldn't it have been great if I'd heard that my entire life? Because I'd probably be a whole lot further along my path in terms of trying to become a deliberate creator than I am now if I've been hearing it all along. But at least I'm hearing it now. And that's the good news. But I've never I, heard that anywhere else. Nobody else talks like that. I think it's a really wonderful thing to learn about these concepts as a child. Mm. Um, I didn't. I didn't learn them as a child, but I did my best to teach my children who weren't small. They were probably in their mid-teens, um, but they both now in their 30s have a really strong grasp of it. And it's wonderful to see it reflected back when mm. I speak with them and hear their stories about how they're deliberately creating things in their life. So, yeah, I, you're right. I mean, what if what if the idea that feeling, you know, feeling good, reaching for better feeling thoughts and emotions, what if that were taught in grade school? <laughs> oh, yeah, wouldn't that been something? Oh, boy, if we had had that when we were growing up, wow. <laughs> and I'm glad right? for the kids who are getting it today because there are kids who are getting that today, which is which is a wonderful thing. But I also think back to my, like, when I was in college and so forth. In college, I, I majored in political science. I didn't have a minor because my school didn't have a minor program, so to speak. But if I had had a minor, my minor would have been philosophy. And I got to know the, the famous philosophers of the ages pretty well. None of them talk like this. None of them did. Not even close. Most of them were actually pretty depressing, to be perfectly honest. And then, <laughs> and then I look at the, the, the religions, the major and minor religions of the world. There are no major or major, minor religions that talk about your purpose of life is to feel joy. None of them do that. I look at ancient Greek writings. Well, they were mostly about just going to war. But nevertheless, you know, none of these famous texts about, you know, the virtues of life and so forth talk about living joyously. I'm thinking, how could so many people have missed the message? How could so many people have missed that really, really vitally important thing? But we did. I don't know. Well, thinking about, you know, that being our job and going back to the idea that we spoke about at the beginning of the book, and then we, we came back to it yesterday, and it was mentioned in this paragraph about positive aspects. Mm. And I just want to make sure that we touch on the idea that, you know, sometimes if things are really bad, if you're in a place, we're talking about jobs here. So if you're in a place where you really hate your job, <laughs> where, where you're just frustrated and just nothing feels good about it, um, sometimes that positive aspect, you know, isn't going to feel like much when you start. True. It may be. Well, I guess it's a good thing I have a job. Some people don't. Many people don't. Whatever. 
mm-hmm. um, it may maybe at the beginning that it's difficult to reach for the positive aspect. Yeah. But what I see happen is that if we stay with it and we we ask ourselves, what are some of the positive aspects? Because that is an open ended question. And the part of our brain that starts working on it is the right brain. Because it's it's an imaginative, curious question. True. Yeah. You were talking about curiosity this morning, just being right. curious about what will happen if people tweet LOAToday.net. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's the same type of what I don't know. What I wonder what will happen. You know, when we when we ask those kind of questions, the part of our brain that's really good at finding solutions will start working on it. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, our vibe automatically shifts, even before we've gotten a list of positive aspects. Just in asking the question and entertaining it, in, just in recognizing that there might be some answers to that question. Mm, yeah. Because otherwise, what are we saying? Oh, there's nothing good about this job. I really am miserable in this job, right? And I mean, I've been there. I'm, I'm sure everybody's had oh, an experience sure. where they were miserable with a job or maybe... Um, a class at school or a project or something. It's mm-hmm. just like, oh, why do I have to be doing this? I'm miserable. Right. And so when we're talking like that, where's our focus pointed? <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's the thing that expands. And the more we talk about it, the more things will come to add to our list of reasons why we really hate this job. By the way, there's also because a really we get fun on a reason. Train. <laughs> we do. We do. Yeah. And, and it leaves the station pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but right? there is a really kind of a, a it's sort of an ironically fun side to this because it can be a little bit hard to get it going. You know, like you said, you're in a if you're in a really bad situation, you just don't like your job or you don't like the school project, or whatever. It, it, it can feel very, very uncomfortable to try to reach for a better feeling thought. But there's one method that I found that invariably works for me. It probably works for most people. And that is to, rem- to remember that. The people who I'm interacting with in that job that I dislike so much always behave in a certain way. I mean, that's people behave in patterns, right? And they expect you to behave in a certain pattern. Well, if you start, if everybody knows, you know, maybe you maybe you haven't actually said it out loud, but if everybody knows, you know, he is pretty clear he's not really happy here or she's not really happy here. And if you start coming up with things to say that make you appreciate having your job, you're going to be messing with their minds a little bit because they're going to say, <laughs> what, what on earth, you know, what, what did she have for breakfast? Him? What got into that? Yeah, exactly. What got into him? You know, and, and so all of a sudden you're going to be the object of curiosity. Like, what is that person doing? <laughs> and that's funny because that shifts everything. It you does. know, it, it, everything can shift so quickly. So I just want to encourage, you know, throw some encouragement out there if you're really in a place where you're suffering with a situation and it feels like there's there aren't any i mean i've had i've had people willing to argue with me about no there's nothing good about this situation (laughs) um keep asking keep make it your goal to just find one positive aspect yeah put it out to the universe please show me one positive aspect i can't see one but show it to me yeah perfect yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of a far side cartoon. I've I've told about this one before, but it is probably my favorite of all of them. It's one where uh, it's a shot of hell and there's fires all over the place and there's a pit 
And there, <laughs> there are two devils who are up on the parapet looking down. They're like supervising, right? And then there's a guy down in the pit with a broom sweeping and he's whistling. <laughs> and the one the one devil turns to the other one and says, I don't think we're getting through to him. I don't think we're getting through to him. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about messing with the mind, right? <laughs> right. I love it. Oh. So as we continue this question, I've asked this question before, and I think many people have asked this <laughs> oh, question yes. before. What is holding back my career? Of course, yeah. we know the answer. We do. Yeah. So, yeah. so what does Jerry have to say? He well, asks. Yep. Jerry says, "What would you say to those who are moving forward, mo moving toward their first field of employment, or are making a career change and are considering things like income or growth potential, or product or service demand, and so forth?" In trying to uh, decide what direction to take. Well, Abraham says the life you have already lived has caused you to determine the details of the experience you are looking for. And the perfect situation is already lined up for you. I want to ask a question about that. Okay. Um, when Abraham says the life you've already lived has caused you to determine the details of the experience you are looking for. Part of that's going to be contrast, yes? I would think. Like the contrast we experience often is what clarifies our vision of, yeah, I don't want this. Yes. So I want that. Right. Okay. And then they, he says, they say that the perfect situation is already lined up for you. Yeah, that's a key thing, isn't it? It's a, it is a little bit, um, not misleading, but it's a little bit surprising. Yeah. Well, it's kind of encouraging, too, it to is. remember that. Yep. Your work right now is not to get out there and find the perfect set of circumstances, but instead to allow the unfolding of the circumstances that will lead you right to a position that satisfies the myriad of intentions that you've come to through your life experience. In other words, you never know more clearly what it is you do want than when you are living what you do not want. Direct answer to your question about contrast. Right. So not having enough money causes you to ask for more money. An unappreciative employer makes you ask for someone who appreciates your talent and willingness. A job that asks very little from you causes you to desire something that inspires more clarity and expansion through you. A job that requires a long commute in traffic gives birth to a desire for work that is closer to where you live, and so on. We would like to convey to anyone looking for a change in their work environment, it is already queued up for you in a sort of vibrational escrow. Your work is to align with what your past and current experiences have helped you identify that you want. It may sound strange, but the fastest way to an improved work environment is to look for good things in your current environment that make you feel good. Most people do exactly the opposite by pointing out the flaws in where they stand in an effort to justify an improved environment. But since the law of attraction always gives you more of whatever you're giving your attention to, if your attention is upon unwanted things, then more unwanted things are on the way as well. When you leave one situation because of the unwanted things that are present, you find the essence of the same unwanted things in your next environment as well. Think and speak of what you do want. Make lists of things that are pleasant 
about where you are. Think excitedly about the improvements that are on the way to you. De-emphasize what you do not like. Emphasize what you do like. Observe the universe's response to your improved vibration. I could especially re, uh, relate and react to what they said about that long commute <laughs> because I had a really long commute earlier on in my uh, life and my career where I was commuting uh, toward New York City in the midst of the rush, which is probably not the nicest place to drive every day. And I was getting really, really sick of that that commute. It was just really, really bad. But I was also doing what they were talking about. I was talking about all the things I didn't like about the commute and what I didn't like about the job and so forth. And so when a situation finally came along, and I actually talked about this over the last couple of shows about how um, my boss's competitor came and offered me a job at his um, at his company, I did end up with a slightly shorter commute, but it was only slightly. Because as much as I wanted to reduce the commute, I kept talking about how bad things were, so I still got a long commute. well i know i can look back at my working you know career my my job experiences when i was younger and recognize and and at some point i did recognize this pattern and the pattern was that i would get a job and i really was a people pleaser Mm. i wanted to do my job really well and i wanted to people to be happy with the work that i was doing for them And so I worked really hard and what inevitably kept happening, and I eventually saw this pattern, was that I would get, wow, you know, wow, you're you're doing a great job. You do this so well. Like, (laughs) um, do you think you could handle this too? And I would Uh, say with a smile, sure, of course. Oh, dear. And so then I would keep smiling and then they'd pile something else on me and I'd say, yeah, yeah, I can do it. And then they'd be like, oh, Cindy's like Wonder Woman. Boy, she can really run an office. She can really, but my my pay never increased. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you know, they just rang every last drop out of me and I would begin to get very resentful because I I would go home and grumble about it. It's like, oh my goodness, like no one works as hard as me, blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Um, poor me. Uh, they they think I'm wonderful and they tell me that, but they never pay me anymore. Well, number one, I'm the one that kept saying yes to everything they kept piling on me. Like I had no real boundaries. And if I did, they were weak and they didn't serve me. And I wasn't asking for any more money. And like the third or fourth time that I had the same experience and I realized, oh, my goodness. And when I started telling the story, and this is, of course, before I knew about law of attraction. But when I started telling the story of, oh, this is what always happens to me. I guarantee if you have a story in your life that you are saying, this is what always happens to me. It's going to keep happening. Mm-hmm. Until you recognize the pattern and you decide to do something about it. And it will keep happening no matter what actions you take. Because you, you you would change positions and it would happen all over again, right? Right. I'd, I'd get a different job somewhere else and it would happen all over again. Exactly. And finally, um, I recognized the pattern. I recognized that I kept telling the same story. And I recognized that it was on me. Mm-hmm. This wasn't about bad bosses or people taking advantage of me or I could have made it that way. I could have talked about it that way, but it was on me. It was because I was allowing that and I was a willing participant. Oh, yeah. Right. And so at the point that I recognized this does not work, 
and I started valuing my own work more and I started asking for more and I started creating stronger boundaries, it just has never happened again. That's great. That's really good. And so, you know, and it's not just work situations that can ha- happen in any situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, true. Where yeah. we over care, we over give and we feel underappreciated and we start get, anytime you're feeling resentment at you're, you're over contributing. That's, that's true. usually that's usually the case. And so, you know, this whole idea of action and taking action won't isn't going to help. Um, I mean, I do believe that sometimes when we're in a situation that's really uncomfortable, we do need to get out of it. We do need to take action to walk away, to leave the situation, to find something better. But we also have to change our vibration or else we'll just keep finding the same thing over and over. It's true. I think it's also important to remember as well that we do not create in a vacuum because we're all here on the planet at the same time and we're all attracting and we're all putting stuff out there and we're all getting stuff back based on what we put out there. And that includes bosses. It includes employers. And I'm speaking now as an employer because Louise and I employ a number of people to provide gardening services. One thing that we make it a point to do is whenever we ask somebody to take on more we insist on increasing their pay. And that's not something most employers do. But I'm telling you, if you're an employer and you're trying to take advantage of somebody by asking, well, will you do some more for the same pay? You're only hurting yourself. Because look what happened with Cindy. She got resentful and she left. So you had this (laughs) perfectly good employee who left. How dumb is that? (laughs) (laughs) And yet that's a mistake that employers make over and over and over again. Well, guess what, employers? You're the law of attracting, too. Every thought you put out is an attracting thought. Why not put out good ones? Yeah, we're we're all in this together. (laughs) We are. We really are. It's not (laughs) one-sided. So I love the next little subtitle, I'll Seek Reasons to Feel Good. Yeah, this is a good one. This is one yeah. that uh, it's both challenging and it's also rewarding. It's both. But uh, Jerry says, so in other words, unless people now focus on what they do want and get their focus off of what they don't want in their current or previous position, they'll just continue to, in some form, recreate a negative situation. That's so funny. That's what we were just telling exactly. stories about. right? Exactly. Abraham says, this is absolutely correct. No matter how justified you are in your negative emotion, you are still messing up your future. (laughs) Uh, Most of you have given enough thought to what you want to keep you happily busy for 10 or 20 lifetimes. But your manifestations cannot get to you because your door is closed. And the reason that your door is closed is because you're so busy complaining about what is or busy defending where you now stand. Look for reasons to feel good. And in your joy, you open the door. And as you open your door, all of these things that you have said, I want, can then flow in. And it is our expectation that under those conditions, you would live happily ever after, which after all, is that which you have truly intended as you have come forth into this career of physical life experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love that. In your joy, you open the door. Isn't that interesting? That's a good phrase. 
Mm-hmm. Because what it's very, very clearly saying is you want to open the door and get into joy first. Yeah, the door is n- never going to open while we're standing there complaining. Right. About the fact that the door is not open. It reminds me of a Mike <laughs> Dooley. It reminds me of a Mike Dooley note from the universe, in which uh, he recites how uh, you're up against the door and you're banging on it and you're pleading for the door to open and you're demanding that it open and you're saying open sesame and meanwhile all your loyal friends your spirit guides and so forth on the other side are crying because you 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 swore to them you made them swear to you that they would never open the door and let and let you figure out for yourself that the door was already unlocked oh <laughs> wow <laughs> a little powerful vignette there. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I love this idea of our the door opens, everything that we want on the other side of that door, ready to flow to us, and it's our joy that opens the door. Mm-hmm. The joy is everything. Oh. The joy is important. It's, it, it's why we do a daily dose of happy. It's why my own orientation, and I know, I know yours as well, Cindy, and all of the co-hosts, our own orientation primarily is to get ourselves into that good feeling place because that's where all the good stuff happens. That's and here's the thing. Re- remember that we've built a lot of momentum and that things can come to us very quickly, but generally we've built enough momentum that we have to recognize that sometimes it takes a while. By momentum, you mean reverse momentum, like momentum against? Momentum of of our thoughts and what they're creating. Like if we've been complaining. In other words, the reason why the door is not open. Mm -hmm. We've had these thoughts about what we want. And we've also had these thoughts about what we don't want for a long time. Some of us, right? We might have been, we might be in a, we might be in a job that we haven't been happy with for a while. Oh, yeah. And we've been telling that story about how, you know, wretched this job is and how we don't like it. So we're building up that momentum. That momentum is the momentum I'm talking about. And so then we decide we're going to reach for the better feeling thoughts because we recognize that joy is what's going to open the flow of goodness into our life. That's true. Yeah, and they- so what I'm pointing out is that we have the recognition, and we've talked about this a lot. We can know about all these things, but we have to do them. <laughs> yes. We can talk about alignment. We can talk about the better feeling thought, but we actually have to get aligned. We actually have to find the better feeling thought. We can't just talk about it. We can't just know it in theory. We have to put it into practice. And when we do that, remember that there's that emotional scale, and joy is at the very top. Mm-hmm. And if we're at the very bottom or somewhere towards the bottom, sometimes our, we, we need to give ourselves time and space to start finding the positive aspects, finding the positive aspects, recognizing a few good things, recognizing a few more good things, feeling a little better, feeling a little better. This could take days or weeks. So don't give up. And don't think, well, I, I did start thinking about better things and still nothing's changed. Um, because sometimes we've built so much momentum towards what we don't want. We need to give it a little time. Yeah, that's and a really that good ti- point. And that time gap is actually an important thing. We, mm-hmm. we joke about it, but it's true. We, if we got 
whatever we said we wanted, the moment we said it, oh, we'd be so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So it's like, just keep that thought in mind that there are many better feeling emotions on the way to joy. Joy is at the very top. And so give yourself the time to get there. You know, the way I like to look at it is it's not about something I'm trying for a day or a week or 10 days or 20 days or whatever. It's a lifetime. My entire yes. life now is devoted to getting into that highest place I can get to every day. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm convinced that the people, the handful of people we may talk to that say, I tried law of attraction, it didn't work, um, that they, they quit before they got to the allowing part. That's where Yoda's uh, famous maxim comes into play. Do or do not. There is no try. There is no try. Right. Exactly. And he's right. So, so this this next part is probably going to be applicable to what we've just been talking about. Well, of course, because the all the, la- the ones we just did before that were all applicable to what we were talking right. about. They just right. like fold into it, into each other that way. But that's so, the way this stuff works. <laughs> we were We were talking yesterday about catabolic language Mm. and this is this is one of it i have to Mm, yes and i always encourage myself and people that i teach to tweak that language a little bit like when we say i have to when someone says hey you want to go you know you want to go see this uh, movie with me tomorrow instead of saying oh i can't i have to work that's catabolic language now, it may be true that you can't go to the movie because you're scheduled to work, um, but really everything's always a choice, right? Because you could just run away from your job, not encouraging <laughs> that. But no. so, so the, the better, more anabolic response is, I'd love to go to the movie with you tomorrow, um, and I'm scheduled to work. So there's no buts, there's no can'ts, there's no shoulds, there's no have tos, there's no need to. It's... I'm going to work or I'm scheduled to work or I want to work. I want to work because I don't want to lose my job because mm-hmm. I, I want the paycheck, whatever choice you're making. But it's taking the power back where you have the power instead of someone else has the power and they're making you do something. I have to. Right. Yeah, right. The first so, version is where you kind of tear yourself down. The second version is where you're building your experience up. Right. So when I saw this little, do I want to or do I have to? <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> In one subtopic. And Jerry uh, asked the question. He says, through my early years, while we lived on a series of 40-acre farms in Oklahoma, Missouri, and Arkansas. My God, what a life he had. I did many things to earn money, all of them very hard work and none of them fun. From picking berries, to raising and selling chickens, to planting, harvesting, and selling tomatoes, to chopping and selling firewood. I earned quite a bit of money for those times, but I didn't enjoy my work at all. And then during my high school years in New Orleans, I worked at another series of non-fun jobs as a roofer, a sheet metal mechanic, and an elevator operator. The first job I had that was any fun at all was being a lifeguard at Pontchartrain Train Beach? Pontchartrain. Pontchartrain. You must know that one because you're from that area, but Pontchartrain. (laughs) Pontchartrain. Okay. Pontchartrain. I'll have to practice that one at Pontchartrain Beach. I guess I was like you most other. New Orleans, re- great. I did New Orleans, <laughs> great. Yeah, that was that, that one. I know. <laughs> I guess I was like most others around me. He says, and it didn't occur to me that fun and earning money could coincide. Boy, that didn't occur to oh. me either. 
Wow. During the time I was doing all of that not fun, very hard work, I was doing fun things after work. I got together with other kids in the park at night and played my guitar and I sang at church and in the choir with the New Orleans Opera. In the choir with the New Orleans Opera. I mean, this guy just had a life and a half. He did. I led a Cub Scout group, performed acrobatics and volunteered as a teacher of gymnastics and dance. Oh, my God. I did many wonderful, fun things, but I didn't earn money from any of them. However, once I became an adult, I never again worked very long at anything I didn't enjoy. Instead, I became self-employed, and those things I'd been doing free for fun, I just kept doing. But then I started receiving money in return for performing them. I hadn't been training for or planning for a career in music or singing or dancing or acrobatics. But then the sheet metal workers union called a strike. And while I was out of work, a man at the YMCA gym asked me to join El Gran Circo de Santos y Artigas. I think I probably mispronounced that. In Cuba as an aerial bar performer, an artista. And so I didn't go in the secure direction in roofing and sheet metal that my father wanted me to plan for. It paid a steady wage and I was trained for it and was very good at it, even though I disliked so much about it. But as a result of the unwanted union strike, I turned easily in the direction of what then became a truly joyous life of adventure and earnings. I began as an acrobat with that Cuban circus. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and then stayed in show business in one aspect or another for over 20 years. Wow, what a life this guy had. Unbelievable. <laughs> and you know, it's interesting. We talked about this yesterday. You see, when he said in parentheses, he said it paid a steady wage and right. I was trained for it and I was very good at it. Yes. Even though I disliked it so much. Exactly. We were talking yesterday about the idea that sometimes even as a small child, when you show when you do something and you do it well, people start encouraging you that that's what you should do when you grow up. It's like, oh, you do that well. You should be a whatever, you know, and just because we do something well doesn't always mean we like it or it doesn't mean we like it enough to do it for hours and hours right. every day. Right? right. So I think, but a Cuban circus, I had no idea. Um, Holy cow. Every time Jerry speaks, I'm shocked. I mean, that particular, <laughs> look at all the, the different minor career choices he had in that one little question that he raised. He worked on a series of 40 acre farms. He did berry picking, raising and selling chickens, planting, harvesting, and selling tomatoes, chopping and selling firework. Then he went well, to high school at, where the, he sang in the opera. <laughs> well, then when he says that during his high school years that he worked as a roofer, a sheet, sheet metal, metal mechanic, mechanic. And an elevator operator, <laughs> like in high school. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do after high school? After that, it's like you've done everything. <laughs> right. So, so let's see what Abraham has to say. Abraham says, hear how the details of your life clearly demonstrate the things we've been offering here. Do you see how those early years of working so hard at things you did not enjoy helped you to not only identify what you did not want, but also helped you to determine what you did prefer. And even though you were working as a teenager, still at things you did not enjoy doing, you were spending a great deal of your time, every spare minute really, doing things that you really did like very much to do. So the two parts of your equation for joyful creation were in place. The hard work caused you to ask. Your time playing music and doing the gymnastics and such that you loved 
put you in a chronic place of allowing. And then through the path of least resistance, the universe delivered to you a viable path to get the freedom, growth and job and joy and joy that you wanted. Because of the intense unpleasantness of those early years of very hard work, you are one of the few who was strange enough or weird <laughs> enough or different enough to allow yourself to seek your bliss. And that led to many things that you had come to desire. Most people feel a stark difference between the things that they want to do and the things they believe they have to do. Yes. And most have put anything that earns money in the category of the things I have to do. Mm -hmm. That is why the money often comes so hard. And that is why there's usually not enough. Uh Now, this is all in italics. If you are wise enough to follow the trail of good feeling thoughts, you will discover that that blissful path will lead you to all things you desire. By deliberately looking for positive aspects along your way, you will come into vibrational alignment with who you really are and with the things you really want. And once you do that, the universe must deliver to you a viable means to achieve your desires. Yeah, that's pretty big right there. That Because, I mean, I know I experienced that for many, many years, that, that feeling of there's a difference between what it is I do for a living and what it is I do for fun and near the twain shall meet. I, I just bought into that entirely. It was part of buying into work hard and, and uh, you know, show up at work and, and do your best and all that kind of thing. And, and you know, the the bountifulness of the earth will open up for you. And it didn't. And I felt well, betrayed. That, that starts even before, I mean, work, right? We, we, we deal with that as children most oh, yeah. of the time. Yeah. And right. we, we also deal with, you know, if you work hard, then you get, a reward that's usually recess, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, or play the weekend. is the reward, right? Like, right, Ugh. play is the reward. Play is the reward Ugh. for the hard work. And if you don't work hard, then you have to stay in during recess and work harder, <laughs> you know, try to work hard or whatever. And so we, I think this starts, this is like right akin to what we talked to, we talked about uh, the only valid excuse for missing school was being sick. Right. Yes. I remember that. Or, or going to a funeral. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like sickness or death. Like this was the only thing that was going to get me out of school. This is where it was and, good to be from a large family. Cause that would happen often. Funerals <laughs> happened all the time, right? Funerals and weddings. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, this really hit me the other day uh, after the podcast, I was having a discussion about it. Cause I kept thinking about, wow. Um, I mean, having, children and the last one now starting college uh we we're talking about wow if if from the time we're in school at the very beginning the first aha we have is oh if i don't feel good i don't have to go Mm. like nothing i can't say can i please stay home from school i really want to watch cartoons can i please stay home from school i really want to play i really want to i really want to read these you know, fun books I have. I really want to jump rope. No, none of that's going to, all of those joyful things that bring us so much happiness are not going to be valid excuse. But if I say my throat hurts, I think I have a fever. Oh, okay. Well, maybe you're hitting on the valid excuse now. And so if that is that idea that's planted when we're really young 
and it keeps on being the reason we joke about calling in sick. Maybe I'll call in sick today. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't call in happy. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Right. It's like, I'm going to call in joyful today <laughs> and not go like I'm going to call in sick. So if, I mean, we know that people use the sick excuse when they're not sick. And so what happens to us after 20, 30, 40 years of that story? I'm not feeling well. I don't really feel well today. Um, you know, our subconscious is going to get on board at some point and, and provide the sickness that we need to make our story true. Because we always make our story true. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. Right. In fact, we always in fact make it you're true. making me think about something. Um, one of the practices I've gotten into, if uh, I, if I have to go out into the field and, and uh, find one of our employees or more than one employee and ask him about something or whatever, I will almost always. Well, first of all, I'll do what most people do. I'll say, "How's it going?" You know that kind of thing. But then I'll follow up with a question that that is something equivalent to, "Are you still having fun? Is this still enjoyable?" And I really do want to know the answer to that one. Because for me, if the answer is yes, this is fun, I'm enjoying this, then that's good. They're doing what they want to do. If it's not the case, if if they're not really enjoying it and they come back with, oh, yeah, it's okay, something like that, that to me is like a warning flag. Uh Uh-oh, there's something wrong going on here. Something that's not right. Either this is not the right job for them or it is the right job, but there's something that's getting in the way. And now I want to know what can I do to help make it a more enjoyable job for them. Everyone listening wants you as their boss now. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the way to be a boss. If if you're a boss and you're not doing this kind of thing, you're missing the boat. One of the, the uh, best people I ever talked to, a guy named Gary, Gary Smith, um, he is an expert at going into like manufacturing plants and turning them around when they're not uh, succeeding or losing money or whatever it is. And you know what his number one activity is, Cindy? His number one approach to fixing a company is to go and just have chats with all the people who work there and get to know them. That's his number one approach. And in doing that, he develops relationships. They learn about him. He learns about them. He walks along the manufacturing floor. Hey, Bob, how's it going? I heard uh, that uh, you and Cindy were going off on uh, a vacation. Hey, have a great time, you know, whatever. You know, he, he, he develops the relationships with them. And when he does that, as things go wrong, he gets things like, you know, the machine operator saying, you know, if it was anybody else, I wouldn't even say anything. But because it's you, I'm going to tell you that you really should pay attention to what's happening with this machine over here. Because that one is about to break down. And when it does, it's going to stop the entire line. And here's how I know it. And mm. that's how he would turn companies around. Because he would enlist the people who work there by becoming friendly with them. And by caring about them. And by wanting them to get the most they could get out of what they were doing for a living there. Yeah, that, that's like the best management advice I know to give it to is. anybody. Yeah, that we're all in this together. We are. We are. <laughs> Connection. Yep. It's important. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have. I just looked at the clock. It's it's gone. What <laughs> 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 we'll have to save it's it for this afternoon. Time, that's all. Well, it is good. You know, yeah. it, it, it means we can carry on the conversation this afternoon. But the bad news was I got to wait. No, six hours, but that's all right. I'm willing to wait. Yeah, but I'll be back this <laughs> afternoon, and so will you. So Okay. Well, then, in that case, we'll invite you back next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Bye, everyone.